2: Good afternoon. Welcome to the punters made on this Friday, the 20th of January, 2023, the day after the Magic Millions. And I'm flying solo again. There's no Sammy Highland. He's uh, he was back for a week, and he's pulled up with a bit of an injury. So we're wishing Sammy the best, and hopefully he's back fit and strong next week. But I have got Cohen here. And Cohen, uh, what are we calling you, Cohen? Panel, mayor, panel producer, jack of all trades? Mate,
3: just call me the all-rounder. <laughs> the all-rounder.
2: Mate, I... I... I'll, so, f- I'll slot in anywhere. Are you going to make your debut here, or you've been on plenty of times before? Oh you?
3: mate, you throw me under the bus plenty of times on this show, I so have. it's it's nothing new to me. I got the call up. Uh, I think you texted me. At, was it 2 a.m. this morning? <laughs> you,
2: <laughs> said you want to be co-host for a day? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um. no nah, mate. What a what a day yesterday at the Gold
2: Coast there. Yeah. Very, very expensive race meeting, wasn't it? It was. It was uh, Australia's richest midweek meeting, and I did those numbers yesterday morning. Melbourne Cup Day last year was $9,275,000 in prize money. Mm-hmm. Yesterday at the Gold Coast was $10 million, plus there was bonuses of uh, $750,000. So, mm, That's
3: a little cherry on top there. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, and the winners of the uh, the ladies bonus, that was, and the winners of the Magic Millions two-year-old race were ladies, and they scored the bonus. So their shout. Yep, yeah, their shout. I think they were. They would have had a great night last uh, night. Well, Tony Golan will tell us that because we're going to chat to him. Uh, very shortly, we'll chat to Tony. we'll chat to Ryan, of course, Ryan Maloney, who rode Skirt the Law and rode her so well. And we're going to catch up too with Nikita Berryman later in the show. Nikita moved here uh, a little while back to link up with, um, oh I could never get the right pain rights? Therese Payne, Marie Payne, I can't remember. I'll work that out during the break. They're very hey, similar. you're, you're the
3: stuntman, mate. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that to you, okay?
2: Uh, I'll work that out, though, and uh, we'll talk to Nikita and uh, find out what she's up to. She was a Sunshine Coast girl originally, though, Nikita, so she's only really just come home. Uh, so looking forward to uh, catching up with those particular guests on a bit of a Magic Millions special. Uh, we'll catch up with Gibbo, hopefully, later in the show to get some of his tips, and he tipped up a storm yesterday, Cohen. He tipped, I think, seven winners at the Gold Coast. Really? So he should be cashed up. His pockets will be bulging.
3: Oh, his wallets. uh, Yeah. The size of that wallet will be very thick. Actually. Didn't you, didn't he say he was going to buy us a couple of
2: horses? Yeah. I'd say with the day he had yesterday, he's probably looking at real estate down there on the uh, glitter strip (laughs) at the moment. Yeah, Hedges Avenue. Hedges, yeah, yeah Mermaid he, Beach. Yeah, he'd, be able to, he'd yeah, probably he could, be able to buy up there. Uh, he could afford something in there and have change.
3: Oh, mate, it's, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's a very expensive
2: place to live there, but it uh, sounds like he'll be able to afford it. He will. We'll check in with him later on and see what he's uh, making a bid on. Now, racing this week in Queensland, Sunshine Coast tonight. Big meeting there at the Sunshine Coast tonight. A little bit of rain around this morning, uh, but hopefully tonight things fine up. The track was a soft five. Tomorrow we race at Doomben, Gatton and Townsville. Back to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon. We race at Emerald on uh, on Tuesday. That's a good little track, Emerald. Uh, Doombin is a midweeker on Wednesday. Aquasbo Desert and Kilcoy both race on next Thursday, the 26th, which, is of course, is Australia Day, Cohen. Right, so yeah. we've got the two meetings there on the public holiday. Rockhampton on Friday. And then we're back to uh, the Sunshine Coast. Next Saturday is our main meeting. It's the Sunshine Coast Cup. We also race on the Aquas Park Gold Coast Poly track. It'll be the first meeting on the poly track uh, because, of course, the grass track, as we speak, is probably being bulldozed. Uh, they'll be out of action for about eight months. Bundaberg and Innisfail, and that'll just about do us for the next seven days. All righty. It's time to catch up with uh, our trainer of the moment, Tony Golan, who, of course, trained the winner of the Gold Coast Magic Millions yesterday in Skirt the Law. We'll catch up with him right after this. the law! skirt the law! The Queensland feeling dashed to the lead. Platinum Jubilee rolled the second, but it's too late, sister, because skirt the law will win for the Tony Goddard Sable and be Platinum Jubilee and Summer Loving up for third. Tony, you'll never get sick of hearing that. No, you're right. I certainly won't. It was, it was a bloody good thrill, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. I can tell by the voice you've had a, a good night out and so you should have. Plenty of yelling and screaming and talking, I'm sure.
4: Yeah, it was. I actually suddenly lose my voice at the end of the races yesterday. The horses give us plenty to jeer to about yesterday at the Gold Coast and, and we certainly enjoyed a good night with a, a whole bunch of bonus from, from all the horses actually that raced yesterday. It was, it was a terrific evening, but certainly the most important part of the day was what happened on the track yesterday.
2: Yeah, and just tell me, I mean, this this, this, this would be boys' own stuff, but to, to train a horse uh, for your best mate to win a Magic Millions, I mean, that must be so good.
4: Oh, yeah, it was it's been awesome. my well, Brian's been in a, a bunch of the good horses I've had. He was in Temple of Boom and Spirit of Boom, so we're no strangers to winning good races together. But there was just something a bit different about yesterday. Um, I don't know. I know it's on a Group One, the Magic Millions, but it, it, it felt just as good, if not better, to be honest. It was, it was a real thrill to win that race. Yeah, you buy dealing the year earlier and you get them back to, to race for two million bucks and Adelaide's bonus on top. It was. It was just an awesome, awesome thrill yesterday for, for a great bunch of connections.
2: And and the black soil bloodstock story—it's—it's—it's it's, it's only recent. It's only been, I would say, three or four years. It might be longer, uh, but it's been such a, such a success story.
4: Yeah, Brian and I's racing journey started pretty well at the same time. We both had a horse with Dad when, when we were both very young, about eighteen. Um, We've mates since about sixteen, and he got—he was always in a few of the horses with us, and. He's always had a good horse. He's always been a very lucky guy. Um, but he's, he started this Blacksaw Bloodstock probably, you know, four or five years ago now, I guess, and he, he ramped a bit more money into it, and he's doing a bit of breeding as well. And It's just been a, a great success, obviously, for our stable, and he's been able to share an ownership in, in a lot of really, really nice horses.
2: Uh, now, going back to Skirt the Law, uh, she costs $170,000 at the sales. When you got her in the stable, did she give you a really good feel straight away? Look,
4: we sort of identified her, or Jake Capewell does all my breaking pre-training at Toowoomba. He identified her as being one of the earlier ones. So she um, she came down, just did a preparation, and no, she didn't really knock your socks off straight away. I, I love the way that she changed from when we bought her as a yearling until when I seen her down here at Eagle Farm. Physically, she developed nicely, but she was just one of those fillies. The more we did with her, she's getting better and better and better. And even to the point I felt going into yesterday, I, I still hadn't found the bottom of her. She's just a really improving filly and to uh, look forward to with her.
2: Well, well, the fact she hadn't raced for 47 days, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's amazing in itself. Now uh, we spoke, well, we speak to Ryan later and get his idea, but I, I know I heard you uh, mention a couple of times that you had some sleepless nights uh, going into the race. You thought she might be underdone, but she certainly wasn't.
4: Yeah. Well, look, I think sometimes we tend to want
2: to, you know,
4: overthink ourselves a little bit. Um, obviously we I sort of studied a lot of racing history and how horses have won races before in preparation, etc. cetera. And I was sort of going right against the grain with this filly. We were confident Ryan it myself when we got through to a couple of weeks ago after that trial at the Old Coast, that she was right up to the mark and that we didn't have to run her the week before. And she drew wide that day and we scratched her. And I think that was a blessing in disguise, yeah. um, to be honest. And she got to the races yesterday in great shape. But we had to just trust ourselves, trust our horse, Um you know, and it was just so pleasing to get the job done. But you're right; I was a bit nervous because you, you know you like to you like to have that surety that how that things have been done before when you're trying to break new ground. It's never easy.
2: Now the barrier draw last Tuesday, uh, we all thought uh, that skirt the law was the big winner out of the barrier draw, uh, drawing barrier four. So the price firmed up, no surprise there. And then we got to Saturday, of course, and all the rain came, and we're all thinking then, well, that's probably not the spot to be down on the inside. Uh and she started to drift a little bit. Uh, were you thinking the same Saturday? Had the race gone ahead?
4: Yeah, I went and walked that track on Saturday prior to the first and I was pretty I was not overly confident the race would go ahead actually. There was a bit of an issue with the sprinkler and you know, had that, that, that awful just misty rain coming across mm. the track you know, not not like pouring rain and just keeping the top so so slippery and wet. So I was a little bit worried. I think the betting in the race has been quite interesting, really. Young young Saturday's meeting, she's turned into favourite there, quite short for a while. And then look at yesterday's race. I don't think anyone knew what to back. Mm. It was just such an open race. You know, even at one stage, I think uh, the favourite of Snowden has got into 3.40 or something and got out to $7 late. So it was a, it was a really funny betting race. Um, but look, I, I tried to focus too much on the betting, to be fair. We were, just very, calm. We were very happy we drew a low draw. and We're always very comfortable we could get the run that we got yesterday. And if we got that, would be hard to beat.
2: All right. If she goes for a little bit of a freshen now and heads towards the slipper, is that the plan?
4: Yeah, she'll probably have a, a week, probably a whole week off, I'd say, now. Just put, him, put him in the paddock now, actually, at Embrook. Um, Give her the rest of the week off and basically back on the treadmill, back on the saddle. And At
2: this point in time, we'll have to
4: give her one run leading into the Golden Slipper, then I'd say the way she's gone
2: yesterday. And the one... Good box that she's ticked is she's won on wet ground, and, and Sydney that time of year is invariably wet. Yeah, absolutely,
4: It gives you a lot of heart. You know, you can always be on those summer tracks up here that are that are very firm, and you can get to the autumn and you know be totally out of play when then wet tracks come along. But this filly, sorry guys, of noise here. That's okay. This filly, um, but when she when she won on that soft seven at Doom and it sort of it gives you a good good heart that you can go down there and compete on wet ground because the autumns are obviously often wet.
2: Yeah, you won the last with uh, Vinko. That was a good win. But the one I wanted to talk about too was um, before we get to Vinko was uh, Spiritualized. Did you think Spiritualized was home halfway down the straight?
4: No, oh, I was a touch worried. He just going a bit keen yesterday. I just I didn't think he relaxed quite as well as what he did the start before. Whether it was the quick turnaround or just the fourteen hundred or getting maybe to the end of it, he pulled a shoe off just going into the enclosure too. It didn't help him. He got a bit hot then in the yard. So. Just a few little things with him. No, he give a great kick, but I was, I was a bit worried he was out of, <laughs> out, of out of carrots Lake.
2: I thought uh, he was home and hose, The next thing you know, he'd hit the wall. But uh, but look, he's a, is he gone for a break now?
4: Yeah, he has. Nearly all us from yesterday have gone for some sort of break now. Yeah. You'll see him at different parts of the, of the um, some of the autumn, mostly in the winter. So it's a, it's a nice strong winter team we're getting together here for our Brisbane Carnival.
2: Yeah, our Vinko was good. I thought Vega one was encouraging.
4: Yeah, he just knocked up in the uh, 16 and a half, and yep. Jamie had to expose him a little bit earlier than what she normally would. And I thought when she was ending him off the corner, he was going to win. And then you see he started to want to lay in and just feel that run late. So he'll be a big improver out of yesterday's meeting. and He's one that will carry on. And we'll probably want to race in Sydney and Melbourne for him in the next three or four weeks.
2: Now before, uh, and if your voice holds out okay, before I ask you about some of the runners at Doombin tomorrow, just one question that we never ask you, Tony. How does someone get involved in racing with Tony Gollum within your stable? Are there yeah. opportunities?
4: Yeah, there are. You yeah, know, we were very active at that last Magic Me and Sale, but horses got sold very, very quickly to a bloody terrific client base that we have. Yeah, um, but if you want to get involved with us, just jump on our website and emailing to, to to Claire in our office, and and she'll certainly take all your details and have you on a mail-out list. So when we buy something that we want to send out to everyone, you'll get a you'll get first look at it. But yeah, we we come away from Magic with quite a lot of yearlings and. And the owners were, were very quick to want to snap them up, so we got terrific support at the moment. But you, There's always room for more.
2: Do you have small shares, two and a half five percent? I'm just asking for a yeah, friend.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. We, yeah, we go down to two and a half five percent. Yeah, for sure. We're trying to have more than 20 names. Can't have more than 20 named owners in the horse, but we'll we'll split them up. You know, basically make it affordable
2: for everyone. Beautiful, beautiful. Now tomorrow at uh, Doombin, we've got a really good. Uh, Bunch of chances. So you kick off in race three, Busting, who ran that great race on Wave Day behind Jun Quira.
4: Yeah, he's a, he's a really nice horse. This is
2: you know, one of those nice 3 year we've got coming through our yard at the moment.
4: He's going to have to be a little bit adaptable tomorrow, I think. I think there's good good speed in this race, and it'd be you know, remiss of me to want to come out and punch him right up there on it. I think we've got to ride him just to be quieter tomorrow, try and get him in midfield behind that speed, and if he can relax and, and find that right position, I think he's a very smart horse and be very hard to beat.
2: Would he go for a break, win, lose or draw after tomorrow?
4: Yeah, he will, yeah. And he won't worry about the, the winter carnival or anything. He'll have a break and come back at the back end of that of his three-year-old year then. He's he's a nice horse. He's probably a horse I think we're going to hear good things about next summer.
2: All righty. Now, Ashgrove, I thought, might get a run yesterday at the coast. Didn't. So now I have to redo my tips because I think Ashgrove is the hardest to beat in race four. Looks well placed.
4: Yeah, he does. He's probably got a better chances in the meeting, isn't he? He's just to really hit form, this horse. I we set him towards the wave, and he, he everything did everything bar win it, running second, and mm. he looks well placed here. He'll just smother up midfield, and two thousand won't pose any problems to him.
2: King Kappa goes round in the fifth. We've got a few here, but I'll just concentrate on King Kappa. Uh, he's flying since he's joined you.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's going really well. He, he's a bit X-factor about him. Um, he's got to chase another box tomorrow, which is six furlongs. I, I do like him round and I like the fact he's drawing well and. Maloney knows him really well. So, look, it's up to him tomorrow, but he's he's certainly out of my ones in that. Could so that be the X factor about him? And if he can give himself a chance to run six, I'm sure he's a horse to
2: beat. Vaccine, I thought, was one of the best runs of the day on Wave Day at the Gold Coast. We all know it was hard to make ground. She did. I'd love this to be 1,400 Eagle Farm. It's 1,350 Dooman, but I still think she's the one to beat.
4: Yeah, well, she's drawn well enough. And, you know, it's happened the other day, so he knows her well, Even, Get a nice run, hopefully midfield here, and be strong as late. She certainly looks very well placed out of that Rising Stars race back into a 72, that's for sure.
2: Ayahuasca in that race. Any issues last start?
4: Yeah, she really didn't. She really resented being up underneath horses, being crowded for room. She's, in Melbourne, she's afraid to get out the gates slow and get out wide and come around them. So when she began and was box seated, she hated the horse laying over her. So we'll endeavour to try and give her plenty of room in running tomorrow. If we do that, she can bounce back. But I'm just not sure where she sits against that thing.
2: Uh, Tilly Annam in race number eight looks beautifully placed map-wise.
4: Yeah, absolutely at her the best now. Took a couple of runs to get a fit. I was on the back foot with her a little bit in the first up run. She had a, an awfully hard one. Uh, she's right at the peak of her powers now. She'll posse up. She get a lovely run in the first two pairs. And I think she was really well placed with the lightweight. weight.
2: All right, Tony, there's a few more, but I'm going to let you go because I'm wary that you'll have no voice left in about five minutes. So congratulations <laughs> congratulations again on yesterday, a terrific result for, for all concerned. Uh, we'll speak to you shortly, and uh, all the best for Doom and tomorrow.
4: Thanks, Chris, much appreciate Cheers. It, mate.
2: Cheers. Thanks. Tony Golan, joining us there, always. Very, very accommodating with his time, even when he's got half a voice going.
3: Yeah, he sounded uh, a bit worse for wear there. But what a you can just tell he he just knows what he's talking about, and he's so passionate about his stable there, and you can tell why so many people want to be a
2: part of it. Well, when I first got here, I did some oh, for about two years. I had to go down to Eagle Farm and interview a bunch of trainers every Thursday. And Tony was always available and he always had so many horses in the next day or on Saturday and mostly good chances. So he was always on the list. Um, but you'd ask him a question about any one of those horses and he knew straight off the top of his head all about it, where it was going, uh, where it will be going, its history. It was just um, phenomenal. And the cameraman that I worked with, it blew his mind every time. He said, I can't believe that he knows so much about so many of his horses. And he's got so many. It's not like he's got a stable of five horses. Mm. You know, these are big numbers. So that's why he gets the results he gets.
3: That's incredible. He just, he's putting in those extra little hours and he, he goes, watches all the horses and he knows exactly what he, he's talking about. And sounds like me with my Broncos, my Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> you just, you just know everything about your club and, and he knows everything yeah. about his horses. So but there's
2: a difference there. He's successful.
3: Oh, boom. What about Richmond, mate? Yeah. Yeah. How are they going?
2: Good. Three yeah. premierships in the last five years. It'll be four out of six this year. Yeah. Righto. right-o. Got you there. Yeah. Great to chat to Tony Gollan, of course, the trainer of yesterday's Magic Millions winner, skirt the law. Now it's time to talk the man who did the steering, and of course that was Ryan Maloney. Ryan, good afternoon to you. Hi Chris, how are you, mate? Very well, thanks. Uh, how do we find you on this Friday morning? Are you okay? You did, have you uh, you come up a little dusty, or did you take good care of yourself last night?
0: Nah, no, no. Uh, I think it's the sign that I'm maturing. I um, <laughs> had a very quiet night just with the kids and the misses, and. Um, yeah, had a couple of beers with tea, and that was it. I was in bed by nine thirty. Then I couldn't sleep because all the um, adrenaline was still going. So yeah. I, uh, I got up and watched the tennis, and then I yeah, didn't get to sleep till, till late.
2: How, how satisfying was that victory yesterday?
0: Yeah, it was um, very, very satisfying. Um, uh, just the way uh, she put pay to him and stamped her authority that uh, she's uh, certainly. Um, going the right way
2: just just take us through the uh the race i mean you drew the i mean after the barrier draw last tuesday uh, skirt the law was the big winner i thought in the barrier draw but when we came to saturday and the rain came didn't look that way but when things find up uh, yesterday again looked uh, the right barrier so were you happy with the barrier were you uh happy with the the position you got to in the run etc yeah
0: it um couldn't go on a script any better um i uh Obviously, that start at Gold Coast. You, uh, you you need to draw at least inside ten, um, and it doesn't sort of matter how much speed you got because it's obviously a short run to that first corner. And if you plan it out wide, it, um, uh, it obviously makes it very hard. But yeah, once she uh, she drew the drew the pole, she ended up coming into two with the scratchings and emergencies, and um, she's just such a push button. For a horse that only had, uh, obviously, two starts, she's just uh, ab- above her, beyond her time.
2: She just seems to travel so well. And uh, those two wins at Doom, and she just looked to glide through the uh, through the ground. And, and then the trial at the Gold Coast uh, a few weeks ago, you were quite happy to ride her off the speed there, which obviously was a bit of a plan. And, and, and then she missed the run two weeks before, or the week before, but... Um, that was due to the wide barrier. Did you have any concerns? Because, I mean, she was going in without a run for 47-odd days.
0: No, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't. Um, she's got the best temperament for a racehorse, let alone a two-year-old. Um, and the gallops, she just recovered so well, and it, she she had a real decent hard trial um, to top her off leading into that. So I wasn't concerned at all, to be honest, because... I think it was a blessing in disguise. Um, if she had a gut buster, and then obviously had to back up the next week um, with two-year-olds, you never know uh, they can um, they can go sour quite quickly. So um, I know Tony might have probably had a little bit of concern, but my point of view, I was um, wrapped c- certainly the way she had been going in her trap work
2: now she'll uh, she'll have a break i understand and, and look towards the uh the golden slipper uh, you wouldn't think there'd be any issues with her measuring up there and she's got wet track form which is great because usually at that time of year in sydney it's wet
0: yeah 100% um she's she's faultless at the moment so um uh no nobody's really put their hand up and stamped themselves as the next sort of boom 2 year old so yeah. um i guess uh, uh wait and see what sort of um One's come out of uh, leading into the autumn from the big stables.
2: Now Magic Millions Day, do you must wake up every Magic Millions Day now and think, what the hell is going to happen to me today? Of course, you had the issue with uh, Alligator Blood, uh, where you won the race, lost the race, and won the race again, and then you had the issue with uh, Isotope having the uh, the tumble on the home turn, uh, and now now we've got a victory.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed that uh, nothing <laughs> happens with this one. But no, um, no, nah, nah, I put I put it in the in the back of my mind quite quickly It's in, in this game everyone knows you can't dwell on things you've got to no. move forward otherwise it will affect the present so um, yeah it was uh, pretty, I put it out of my mind quite quickly after those things happened.
2: Now by my reckoning you've been in Queensland I'd say what four and a half years, something like that?
0: yeah spot on
2: yeah four and a half years so I know you when you came up you you were doing uh, riding for uh for Toby and Trent Edmonds, but you've really linked up a lot with uh with tony golem how important has it been to to get that uh or to ride Tony's horses? I mean he's such a good trainer and he places his horses so well
0: yeah hundred percent he does um i've worked with i've been lucky to work with quite a number of good trainers and he certainly stands himself as as good as any um the way to, the way he knows his horses and preps them and knows when to push and when to back off um is as good as any of other seen. so he's obviously been the best trainer up here for the last of obviously nearly the decade yep. um and you can you only have to work with him closely to see why um, and obviously riding for the better stables gives you a lot better chance and uh, makes your life a lot easier.
2: Now, just quickly, before I know you're in a hurry, we've got to let you go, but just a, a couple of rides of yours at uh, Doomben uh, tomorrow I wanted to discuss. Quasimoto in the first race uh, didn't really have any chance at the Gold Coast. That race mathematically was run uh, at a farcical speed, no chance of making any ground from the back. Uh, tomorrow, it looks a better chance from gate two?
0: Yeah, 100%. He just needs to probably step a little bit cleaner, but mm. um,
2: certainly from that, uh, that that start, they obviously...
0: It's a quite quick, um, quick. Quite it, the corner, corner comes up quite quickly. So as long as he steps, I couldn't. I couldn't see why he wouldn't figure in the finish for sure.
2: Uh, Ashgrove looks a good ride. Uh, would have gone around yesterday, but it was an emergency. He runs tomorrow looks beautifully placed.
0: Yeah, certainly on his track work uh, Monday morning. I, I uh, really give him a good hope in that. Um, the, the trip won't be any dramas. Um, he's. he's um, yeah, going on from his last run where he's a bit stiff, um, but uh, yeah, that looks perfectly perfect race room in hindsight.
2: And the last one I'll ask you about is Vaccine. She was good at the Gold Coast that day where they couldn't make ground on Wave Day. She did. I'd love it to be fourteen hundred at Eagle Farm, but I'm still of the opinion thirteen fifty at Doomben she can win.
0: Yeah, yeah, she um like you said uh, it, that did struggle to make ground that day, and she uh, the blinkers off she settled a lot better and. and if she gets the right run in transit, I couldn't see why she couldn't win.
2: Ryan, we'll let you go. Uh, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. Congratulations on uh, on yesterday. Really well-deserved. Uh, you're riding up a storm. Keep up the great work.
0: No, thanks a lot, Chris.
2: Thanks, Ryan. Ryan Maloney joining us there this afternoon on the Punter's Mate. When the stars
3: began to fall out out of the sky and the seas were rising up I had one thing in mind It was you, it was you, it was you It was you, it was you, it was you
1: This is The Punter's Mate on SEN
2: Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon on The Punter's Mate and it was great to catch up with uh, the... Magic Millions trainer, or winning trainer, Tony Gollan, and, of course, Ryan Maloney, who rode Skirt the Lord to victory. Now, I'm looking forward to chatting to our next guest, and it is Nikita Berryman. Nikita, good afternoon to you.
5: Good afternoon. How
2: are you going? I'm very well. How do we find you on this Friday? Uh, Yep, very
5: well. Fighting fit.
2: Yeah, looking forward to uh, a a few good rides at the Sunshine Coast tonight.
5: Yeah, we've had a little bit of rain about, so uh, probably brings a couple of mine into contention. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, you came up here to, to link up with uh, with Michelle Payne, uh, but you've gone back into the riding ranks again. Can you just tell us the reason for that?
5: I actually didn't come up here with Michelle. I oh. came up here um, whilst I was pregnant and wanted to be around my family and uh, my mum my mum and my dad and, and my sister all live up here. So it was an easy escape for me to come up here to get into the warmer weather. And, yep. And the job with Michelle presented itself probably twelve months, twelve months after I had had my child, and um, it was something that Michelle and I had jokingly spoke about for years prior to it actually happening, and neither of us like probably thought that it would come to fruition, but um, it did, and it was a great learning curve for me, and. Um, it, it become too time consuming. Like I love Michelle and I loved working with horses, but I never wanted to be a trainer. And I, yeah, it was, it was very difficult because it was 24 seven. And let me tell you, riding is way easier.
2: <laughs> Especially when you've got a youngster too.
5: Yeah, that's it. And you know, Michelle was um, really supportive of my decision and she thanked me for being honest, which was, I can't put 110% into your horses because my daughter will always come first. So yeah. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't give all my time to um, the horses because I needed to be a mother. Um, so yeah, I made the decision to call it quits, and Michelle was completely fine with that. And uh, we're still best mates, and she's still got a couple of horses here. So uh, it's good; all worked out in the long run.
2: And you say it's it's easier being a jockey than, than a trainer. And, and look, we were speaking earlier. Tony Gollans a, a perfect example. He's got a lot of horses. He seems to know the ins and outs about every single one of his horses. I don't know when he finds time to sleep, but having said that, he's got really good staff too, and you gotta have good staff. But but being a jockey, you haven't got a you haven't got that twenty four seven situation, have you?
5: No, well I think the biggest part of being a jockey is you can just get off and say, Oh, this is sore and it's near front and then it's up to the trainer to fix that and I thought that I matured as a person and as a rider through having my time with Michelle because there were things that I never knew. Like I've been in the racing game forever, and obviously my dad's a trainer, but you know you never really take an interest as to how much work actually goes into it. And um, I just found that you know that it, they can't talk, so yeah. I didn't even know what Maloxi Campbell was prior to, to working for Michelle. Like. Uh, just little things, the 1% is that you don't think about whilst you're a jockey um, and, you know, how long the preparation, how long it takes to get them there. Like, we all know that it's hard work and um, that all that work goes into them, but you don't actually, it doesn't actually sink in. You don't understand, like, coming home, icing horses, vets, like barriers, you name it. It never stops. It's a 24-7 job, so... Yeah, to jump back on the other side of the fence and I work for a fantastic stable now in Nat McCall and um, she is an astute trainer and, um, you know, she respects what I say as much as I respect what she she does. So, you know, it makes it easy for me to do my job and if I say one saw, she's on top of it straight away and um, it works really well. So definitely like being on this side of the fence rather than the other side.
2: And she's not hard to get along with either. She's a very nice person. That helps.
5: Yeah, she's very she's very straightforward. We're we're very similar in uh, many ways, and I think that's why we get along. Like I said, she respects what I have to say, and I respect what she has to say. And she's good at her job, and I like to think I'm pretty good at mine.
2: Yeah, you well certainly are at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Now, how how long were you off the scene for riding? Uh three
5: three years. Okay, three years and seven months, or three years and eight months, something okay. like that, close okay. to four years.
2: So you were riding in Victoria when you gave it away? Yes?
5: Yeah, I did. I stopped riding because I have hip dysplasia and my hips were um, really giving me trouble. So, um, I, yeah, I stopped riding for that reason and then fell pregnant and had a beautiful baby girl and, yeah, never, ever, ever thought that I would be back riding <laughs> at any point. Sold all my gear and uh, made a couple of bets with a couple of people saying, no, you'll never see me back on the track and... Here I am.
2: Did they come looking for their money?
5: No, no, they don't.
2: (laughs) Um, In that three and a half years, going from um, Victorian riding to Queensland riding, do you see any any differences, any changes?
5: Uh, For me, as a rider, I've changed because I've had experience now outside of that and my whole entire life was always um, riding and was focused on riding so I learned that there's another side of life and then not only that I learned more about the horse itself the equine the athlete and I learned more more about myself so um, in that respect yes as to racing racing is racing everywhere you go but the tempo is very different in Queensland and the horses are the horses are tough I mean we all thought well I know I thought when I was in Victoria that you know, if you have a decent horse in Victoria, it would absolutely fly in Queensland, but it's not actually the case. And uh, again, I'll revert back to working for Michelle, just learning the climate change, um, the feed, feeding regime, how things work. The horses up here are so tough. Yeah. So tough. Yeah.
2: And and going back uh, to when you were riding in Victoria, you did, uh, you did ride a Group 1 winner, and it was a Flemington in 2007, the race that's now known as the champion's mile and of course that was on tears I cry are they vivid memories
5: they are um I think I've said in every interview about that that you know I was very young then and didn't really understand the concept of winning a group one like it was oh yeah I won a group one but you know those races are so hard to ride in let alone win one and that was my first attempt and um you know I just if I could relive that moment, I look like the biggest bag of shit I've ever seen on a horse in that race. Who cares? You got the job done. I I did, but it just would have been nice to look a little bit more polished. Um, But I was fresh, fresh out of my apprenticeship. And I remember coming home and my dad, that was the first thing he said to me. Oh, geez, you look like a bag of shit on that. I was like, thanks dad. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, you. um, you I never got to soak that moment in. EI was in at that time and, You couldn't um, socialise. You couldn't, you know, go and give the owners a bloody...
2: Like COVID all over again.
5: You couldn't celebrate it. No, and I think I would really just soak in that atmosphere. Like, there was still 110,000 people there that year. And, you know, going down the roses, I trotted down there because I was so excited. And probably... um, I don't know. I couldn't believe it. So I was overwhelmed and I just wanted to get back. I just wanted to get home to my family and be like, oh my God, I did it. Like we've won a group one. How good is this? But um, now I think I'd walk down those roses really slow and soak up every little bit of it.
2: And then you get home and your dad says that.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what he said to me. Yep. Nothing
2: like your parents to keep you grounded. Now you've got some, uh, some good rides over the weekend tonight. Uh, you've got four rides uh, that I can see here. The first two, well, they've drawn the car park. So I'll leave those go. But one I'm interested in is number 10 in race six. Talk like a star, lightly raced, uh, shows good potential.
5: Yeah, it's funny because they um, they tell me that when she came in this first campaign um, or on her first campaign, they were nearly going to sack her because she didn't show any ability and wow. she's not a brilliant track worker. Um I happened to get on her at the right time, and everything fell into place, and she won convincingly her first or the first time I rode her, and then she won again uh, two weeks ago. And uh, she, she makes her own like she puts herself there and has a good finish. So the eighteen hundred still suits. Uh, last two, her last two wins were over the eighteen as well. So uh, soft track will help as well.
2: And you snuck up along the fence last time, and able to steal a break there, and uh, and chase Anardi couldn't run you down. He's becoming a little bit of costly, chase Anadi. Yeah,
5: he's a professional place getter,
2: but he that's is. okay. Now you're on a, you're on one tomorrow at Doombin. Plenty of excitement around this horse who bolted in at the sunny coast last start. Party for two for Damien Batters.
5: Yeah, um, I will be honest. I I was in its first trial when it had an unofficial jump out, and I thought, geez, that goes really nice. It runs second behind a horse that I trialed and I thought that mine went quite well and uh, Jake Bayless rode her first up here at the coast and I actually spoke to him prior prior to the race and I said you know I thought that she trialed really well and she'd be pretty hard to beat and she just did a bit wrong and got caught wide and I was rapt when he asked me if I wanted to ride her, uh, her second start and after watching her replay I just thought she wanted to get her head up a little bit and I just let her roll along and find find her feet and let fast horses be fast. So yeah. um, that's how it was. She went to the line untouched. I think I think they ran the last 634 or something. So, you know, and that was not asking her to really let down. So it would be interesting to see how she goes tomorrow. It'll be um, probably, you know, what they will find out about her and how far she'll go. Within a two-year-old prep, so you know, looking forward
2: to it. Yeah, I think she's one of the most uh, interesting runners on the day. And just one other, I'll ask you about on Sunday. You're riding uh, the interestingly named Winston Smurf Hill in in race number seven. <laughs> over, I expect this horse to be blue, but he's not. Uh, over 1800 no. meters for Nat. And look, his last couple at 1400 have been good. I don't think there'd be any problem with the 1800 meters. I'm sure he's looking for 16, but 18 shouldn't be a problem. You wouldn't think.
5: Yeah, you're right. We were looking for a mile race for him, but there was nothing about. So, 18 is a good option. Obviously, he um had his little bucking encounter out of the barriers when yep. I rode him first up here, and he had to have a couple of trials. So, you know, another thing that people don't know, you have to. Um, he had two official trials, so all up he had like three or four trials, and then two races, and you know, that's nearly a whole prep for a horse. So. You know, I don't think the 1800s going to worry him. It would have been nice to see him over a mile, but unfortunately, the programming didn't work out that way.
2: No, I think he's got a great chance, and I hope you're, uh, I hope you're successful there in the last race on Sunday, Nikita. Thanks so much for joining right. us. You sound as though you're in a really good place at the moment on the Sunshine Coast, loving life, which is great to hear. And we hope you ride many winners, and we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you very much. See you later. Nikita Berryman joining us there from the Sunshine Coast who has returned to riding and she's doing a fantastic job. Very, very accomplished rider is, uh, is Nikita. On the Gold Coast, in the
0: sunshine, a holiday paradise.
2: Well, one man who had real paradise on the Gold Coast yesterday had a picnic. He had a day out. You can call it whatever you like. On their big day of the year, it was Blair Gibson from BrisyRaces dot com Gibbo, did I see seven winners tipped by you?
1: Uh, no, close. I would, I'd would take that. But um, no, we got five five out of the eight, um, and finish it off with Vinco, obviously in the in the last. Which I think it started twenty sixes, but they sort of bet forty one all week, so. Oh. We backed the truck up, Chris, and we got out of
2: there. Beautiful! How good is that? All right. Yeah,
1: Some sort of day. They're the, they're the ones you. They're the ones you. You do it for. Um, they don't come around that often, so you just got to make sure you cash in a bit when you do get one like it.
2: Well, Cohen, we'll need to. We know where to go if we're running short in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, mate. Apparently, you've got the fattest wallet around the the Gold Coast
3: at the moment, <laughs> and you're
2: going to get some property up at Hedges Avenue there, mate. That's right, Mermaid Beach. Oh,
1: yeah, a long way off that, but uh, I could probably get a cab there now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, mate, there's a few inspections this weekend. I don't know what you'll be doing
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, i heard, I heard some of the, the rumors about uh uber prices and that uh, getting out to the yeah. billions there last Saturday, so that, <laughs> that's interesting.
2: yeah, you're not wrong. what'd you make of the day yesterday uh, apart from tipping uh, up a storm? what'd you think of the result of the magic? Did you tip skirt the law?
1: Yes yeah Good. yep yeah, yeah, on top yeah no look I thought.
2: Well, obviously, you know, it didn't
1: go to plan the other day, but I I don't think you could knock the track one little bit. No. Yesterday, they sort of come inside, outside. I thought it was really, really good. Um, didn't hear any complaints from the jock, so I, I don't think it could have gone any better, just the fact that it was the second day, obviously, but um, I thought it was good. You, Chris?
2: I thought it played well. I mean, we saw Vinco come along the inside section and win the last for you, and uh, we saw Yellow Brick come along the inside and just get beaten. So yeah, we got back to a good four later in the day, and yeah, I thought it played very well considering it was like heavy two days prior.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you had yeah you had horses lead all the way. You had King Spider come from back. You
2: yeah,
0: had,
1: yeah. I just I just think most of them, the best horses, won. There was one or two races where a few sort of just got held up on the corner, but then sort of clear running after that. That was sort of that was about it
2: though. You tip Scalopini.
1: Uh, I did have him on top. Yes. Yeah. Did you
2: expect him to be as far back as he was?
1: No, no, mm. not at all in the run. I, and just sort of seemed to keep getting further back. And yeah. then I, I, to be honest, I still sort of, still sort of thought he could have won when he when he got out and got clear air. And I, I thought he was just a, a little bit plain. Eleven, um, eleven, oh. picked him up and spat him out at two hundred. So yeah, yeah, I expected a little more.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it he'd be in the first three or four, and from there he'd be a, a lot harder to beat. But he wasn't, and that's history. No. And we move on, and we move on to the weekend's racing. But before we get to Saturday, have you got anything you like at the Sunshine Coast tonight? Have you done any form there?
1: I have not. Sorry, Chris. I have. Was sort of getting over. Oh, have you? Okay, you tell
2: us. You're still getting over yesterday. Still, you spent all morning yeah. counting your money.
1: <laughs> I did go out. I did go out to dinner with with a few of my best friends and. Um, mm. Yeah, had a few beverages, so I I didn't really look at the sunny coast. But I've got a pen and paper here. I'm ready for you to shoot.
2: All right, race four, number nine, Party Spirit for Rob Heathcote. Caught my eye. Both runs at uh, her initial campaign. The first of them in town ran on well. The second one, four wide. No cover. Was beaten an eyelash. Should have won that race. Resumes without a trial. So just keep the eye on the market moves. Uh, If she gets out, uh, like, noticeably, Maybe she'll need the run, but if she's solid, I think she can win. Race four, number nine. And race five, number 12, Idonius for Kelly Schweda and Taylor Marshall. Last two runs have been good. Ran on two back at Ipswich. Run down last 50 last time in town. Drawn beautifully. Down in grade. Uh, busting to win tonight. Should be the night. At a good price, too. Around uh, 4 or $5, too. So race five, number 12, Idonius. Race four, number nine, Party Spirit. Now, Dooman, tomorrow, we might have a little bit of give in the ground. Uh, who do you fancy there? Yeah,
1: I think it's an an interesting meeting. Obviously, a couple of scratchings from a couple of key scratchings actually early. Um, so a few a few sort of have shortened that I liked. Um, but I'll start with I think the first three favourites um, can probably all win. I think Party for Two's hard to beat. Um, uh, Zarina Sophia in race two should probably get back, but you know should probably reel them in. But I'll make one of the first best race three, number four, Busting. Mm-hmm. Gee, I, um, I just think he's a really nice one on the way through. He, he, he's been great. He's prep. He just got beat by a very good one and a very good ride in John Queer last start. And he just was a massive gap to third there. I just think he's a nice horse. And even though he's only about 220 now, I sort of think he's the first one I want to go with. Did yep. you like something in that race, Chris?
2: Yeah, Busting.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think better rain at $23 can go into exotics, too, if people are having a little play around there. Um, Trying to look for a bit better price later on. I'm going to race six, number three, Wawiri Falls. Um, Shallow sort of race, but I just... This horse, I thought... Um, had a bit of class on him last start, but I knew it just might be that little bit short. And it was second up fourteen hundred. Gets to sixteen hundred. Third up Ormond, decent gate. I just think if you're going to back him in a race, it has to be this one. Uh, so around sort of four sixty-five dollars if you can get it. Um, obviously, inexpensive expensive Moon probably the next next one's hardest to beat. But I just I just think this is perfect setup mile third up uh, trainer jock combo. So four sixty, uh-huh. I'll take Wariri Falls,
2: Chris. Yeah. You there? Uh, I I was going to have a stab at Pancho, a few cents each way there. I thought he might improve, get a good run from the gate back to 1600
5: Yeah, is
1: there a gear change there too, I think, off the top of my head? Yeah, no, I think there's a gear change. Yeah, Pinker's off. Yeah, he's just one that I've I've gone for a few times, and he seems to run really well when I'm not on, and uh, vice versa when I'm on him.
2: That's a positive for me.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And I'll go, I think, probably short enough now, but race eight, number 13, Tilly Annum. Yep. Uh, uh, around 3.40 now that Fleetwood Macca's out. So it's coming a little bit there. But um, Albert, the main danger, is going to get a long way back, get to the outside in career best form, no doubt, but till the animal lead or box seat, get every chance, shoot for home, be the one they have to run down. So if she's good enough, she should be winning race eight, number 13.
2: All right. So race three, number one, Busting. Race six, number three, Wairiri Falls. And race eight, number 13, Tilly Annam, your best three. I'll add race two, number two, Zarina Sophia, who looks well-placed out to 1,200. I agree with you there. And I'll add race seven, number 11, Vaccine. I think she can still get away with it, Doombin, 1,350. I'd love to see Eagle Farm, 1,400, but we can't have everything. And she was very good on wave day, making ground against the pattern that day, I thought.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and I'm I'm actually really struggling here to find something okay. to gods. I think maybe I think I think acrobatic in the last can go um, two favourites, hard to beat. I just think acrobatic's one that can never been one of mine, but I just think gets the right run every opportunity and around sort of twenty dollars. If you're having exotics, um, or even if you're going a bit wider in the quality. I think acrobatic twenty bucks
2: is a little bit overs. Gibbo. Yeah, You've got a second career now. You've uh, you've become a comedian. You always were a funny guy, but now you're a professional comedian and you've got your own podcast. it's called <laughs> the Two Flogs Podcast, and it is rocketing yep. up the podcast charts.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's only two episodes in, Two Flogs. Uh, really describes myself and my mate well. When you talk comedian, I'm not sure if you can call yourself a comedian just because you're working with one. <laughs> but, <laughs> Halfway. Uh, yeah, the other... Yeah, the other bloke—he's uh, an ex plumber now, comedian, and uh, he's the star of the show. I just try and steer the ship a bit, Chris, and keep it online because he's—he's uh, he's one loose yeah. unit. But he, uh, it's pro- I'd probably say it's MA fifteen plus at least, if okay. you're uh, just to be safe. But yep. um, yeah, two two flogs on Spotify at the moment. He's got to go to Spotify and and get on there. But we will be getting on other channels soon. But
2: um, yeah, yeah, two flogs. Yeah, I'd say uh, FM radio and then TV. Yeah, your rather channels. Where <laughs> way you going? Uh, good head for radio, I think. <laughs> two um, episodes in, and you're sitting third in the uh, the podcast ratings. Great work.
1: Yeah, yeah, for the comedy ones. Yeah, for week two, it's all right. It's only early in the day. That could change, but uh, our, our flog followers might just be up early and into it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you find steering the ship there, Gibbo? It's a pretty hard job. Uh, eh? It
1: can it can be a very very hard job with um, with curb uh, my offside. Uh, letting loose because he just uh, hes a big unit with a big voice and he's uh, a powerful personality, let's just say that. And a little unpredictable. <laughs> oh, extremely.
2: I know how you extremely. feel. I've got to put up with Nelson every week. So. <laughs> Steering that walk, hard. I would be a walk in the park compared to him. <laughs> 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 I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Me too. Gibbo, uh, have a great weekend. Hopefully, plenty of winners for you going, uh, well, continuing on from your form uh, yesterday on the Gold Coast. Uh, and we'll chat to you again next week. All the best.
1: Thank you, Chris. God bless Finco. God bless Tony Gold.
2: <laughs> yeah, we love them both on the show. Uh, thanks for joining us again this week. We really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll catch you same time next week on SE and Track for the Punders, mate. Hopefully I'll be joined by Sammy Hyland, who's made a recovery. If you're out there listening, Sammy, take care. Look after yourself, and we'll chat to you soon.